we did building blocks of performance last week. And um, this week we're going to talk about training sessions and it's going to be Larry, we're talking about um, training sessions as in like the day of, you know, if you're doing something, what are, what are the, what are the performance points? What are the things that you, you really should be concentrating on trying to hit every time you go into a training session? You know, okay, so what, we, what do you, what do you, what do you start with Larry? Well, uh, start with some notes in a notebook. Just keep it simple, really simple. One line, two lines is, if you don't keep it simple, you won't do it. Yep. <laughs> right? Have a plan, have a plan. Uh, yeah, right. If it's complicated, you're not going to do it. So keep it very simple. Uh, of course, you need a date for your practice session. Uh, I put down what bow I'm working with because I have when I was competing, I had several bows, but uh, now it's just some 10 yard shooting. That's all that I do. But I have an objective. What is my objective to accomplish this practice session? If you don't have an objective, then you're just having fun. <laughs> you're not getting better. Uh, you're just going to practice doing more of what you've been doing and you're not getting better. So you set an objective that's critical. And you have to realize that human learning takes 20, 20 days, average human learning, 20 days to learn a new habit. So we're archers, so I like to say 30 days, right? We need 30 days. Minimum. But you're gonna work on this objective for a while. Right? There's no drive-through window for archery skill. You, you've got to get out of the car and step to the line, right? You set your objective, and I usually pick on bow hand, but we mentioned head position a while ago. Uh, that's something I'm, I'm very careful to incorporate into my form is I'm training this old body just to shoot 20 arrows in a session. The head position has to be set. And that's set after you've set your hands and then checked your posture from feet to knees, hips, upper body, shoulders, and then the head. So that's when we set the head position. So if that's your objective, that's what you want to practice. And you start, I always start at blank bail. So uh, no target, your eyes won't get distracted by, by the target face, by the 10 ring or the gold. Uh, so we can then consciously focus on setting the head position and then the hard part, raising the bow, drawing the bow, setting your holding position, completing that transfer and not moving your head. Yep. Difficult. Yeah. And you know, we have, so we're going to have in these sessions, we're going to have a mix of compound recurve and bare bow shooters. And, mm -hmm. you know, one thing to make note of is if you haven't, if you haven't taken the steps to refine your form and have a definitive process, like a when I say definitive, I literally mean you have a journal and a written 
defined. This is what my posture looks like. This is what my, mm -hmm. my set position, my setup position. When, if you don't have that, if that's not identified, you're not, how, how are you going to then in this process, you're talking about keeping your head. Um, that's the one thing that you're concentrating on that day. That's how are you going to know what that is? You know, and I, I and you know, we have in the bearable world, we do a lot of goofy things and there's, <laughs> everybody has their, their way of interpreting what, what their shot process or their form is. There's MJ. He's joining us coach mj rogers he's the paralympic coach retired i think he's retired now right he's no longer the head coach um i think yeah, he was georgia i think he'll tell you yeah um but at, at, at any rate and so like in bearable in the bearable world you know you have to you have to know what that is it can't you can't solely re rely on feel in in that situation compound though Compound is definitely a lot less head movement. And Olympic recurve is even should be zero if possible. Yeah. Lord knows there's shooters out there that that are that shoot great and still have some, you know, I'm thinking like off the top of my brain, even Brady's got a little bit of a one of these at, you know, at full draw. Um yeah. Dave Cousins on the compound yeah. side. Um, yeah, he 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 does a lot. But um so we're driven by biomechanics right and and also logic i would like to think uh so as a mathematician i have some skills at applying the logic so uh on the head position if your head is in a different position for shots one and then two and three and four different position each time how can you expect the same result right <laughs> well you can't because the head changes so much down your back. So it changes the muscle work down your back. Uh, so, you know, back to a practice session, I would start with blank bail. Uh, and of course, I would know what my holding position is. That has to be defined. And um, if we're going to repeat our effort, we have to get to that same structurally sound holding position. Uh, and part of that is getting the head set before you raise the bow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that, that takes some um, 30, 40 hours. Uh, if that's all you're doing in a practice session, maybe it's going to be 60 hours. Uh, depends on where you are in learning that skill. So we mentioned before, we're going to be doing this for 20 to 30 days in order to uh, establish a sound habit. So early in that 20, 30 days, you're done mostly all blank bail. And until you have, until you begin to acquire a feel associated with your head position. And so by the end of the 30 days, you hope to have that feel so that when you set that head position and turn the head to the target, yeah, that feels the same. That feels like it should feel that I'm accustomed to and getting good results. Mm -hmm. Of course, setting a camera up to have a face view of you uh, 
is a good way to know if you're setting the head position and keeping it the same. Yep. And so that's something you can incorporate into your, your practice routine, particularly at the beginning. Uh, because we're not doing much one-on-one -on -one coaching these days. So you have to employ that camera. And then maybe check with somebody online, check with a coach online. Yeah, that's, and that, that's become increasingly tough, but it's important, you know, and it's worthwhile to just to expand upon that topic of not having the one-on-one -on -one coaching, you know, record your first three arrows, you know, or record the first arrow of the first three ends. Because you, you'll see, you'll start to notice if there's changes because you know how we oftentimes settle in when we get to, you know, and uh, I don't know, and three and four and five, you know, so what's stopping us from being settled in at end number one? Well, you know, how are we running our training sessions? If, again, like you said in the very beginning, if you just show up and are shooting arrows, you're just showing up and shooting arrows. That's all you're really doing. Yeah, you're, you're rehearsing doing what you've been doing and not getting better. Right. Just being able to do more of what you've been doing. Yep. Stamina. That's all your training. Yeah. And the other thing for volume purposes with the training session, you know, your training session should be, should be set out on a certain distance before your tournament or whatever, you know, and that, and you, you and I talk about that in the level three, teaching what periodization is and why you use it and what the, you know, the idea behind it. So like if your training session calls for 120 arrows that day, shoot the 120 arrows, you know, don't, don't cut it short. Don't go longer, you know, and it, and that, that training session in your journal, if that's what your plan is for that day, at least get to that or try to get to that. The other, the flip side of that is that when you get closer to your tournament, when you're that two weeks, one week out and you're like, man, I feel great today. And you're shooting really, really well. Also don't overshoot. Mm -hmm. right. if, you've got, if you have yeah. it, you have it, it's not going away. And you have yeah. to have confidence in that training session, confidence in what you're doing that, that, that you're good. Once you're good, you're good. Because if you overshoot, and I know a ton, a ton of shooters that will shoot two, 300 shots the day before a tournament. Guilty. And Guilty. Like, you know, and, and again, this is, this, that, this is something I learned lifting weights because you yeah. are not going, if you do like almost a max effort lifting two, three days before you come, you have to stand on a platform and lift, snatch and clean and jerk you're not going to be able to lift your max effort because you, you, you blew out your central nervous system two, three days before it. Mm -hmm. Archery is no well, different. Archery is no different. Yeah. I always use the marathon runner analogy. The marathoner right. doesn't go out and run a marathon every day. <laughs> Inside of two weeks, he'd be dead. Yep. So you, you have to adjust your training. So uh, what you do in a training session, then the, the volume uh, is important. Uh, so I try to stress two rest days a week for old guys like MJ, even more. You know, he strategically has his video off on purpose, so he doesn't get pointed <laughs> out too late. 
was waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting for him to turn his video on and come back with some kind of a. a, a oh, he will. I'll hear it. <laughs> I'll it hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. No, no video, but uh, certainly a comment about old dudes. <laughs> <laughs> MJ, right? My shoulders are broad. <laughs> yeah. So two rest days a week. Um, Minimum. Heavy day, medium day, followed by an off day. But to go out and do a heavy load every day, uh, every day, every day, every day, I can tell you that that beats you down. Yeah, I know that from experience. Yep. Um, which, with today's equipment being so much better than what we had in the eighties. You don't have to work on tuning equipment days and days and days just to get decent groups. Huh, I might beg to differ on the barebow side of that, but that's usually <laughs> well. That, okay, well, you're, my, you're, my recent experience you're, you're not, is a little self-inflicted, but you know, and I, and I I was beating myself up over a bad tune, and I ended up being an oversight on my end because I never checked my limb alignment, and my limbs were a hot mess, literally my limbs were like this. I mean, that's an exaggeration, but in, in the arch in with XL limbs, oh. my limbs are like this and I couldn't get a group to save my life. And then just mentally, I was, I'm like, what is going on is what I wanted to be like. And I was like, no, I'm going to try to stay positive here. And then boom, fixed the alignment groups, tightened back up. Everything was, was, was good. And, you know, but I mean that, you're right though on a compound side even on like yeah. it's definitely a million times easier to tune today's current i mean and you look at the new elites the new botex that have i mean paper tuning is literally just going dink and then that's it it's yeah. it's just so easy right yeah i met yesterday my wife and i got on zoom uh with our friends in england ben and claire uh, Jones. Ben runs Merlin Archery and they just released a new Merlin bow. Really? Just unbelievable features on it. Really? Uh, yeah. He's a genius designer. Uh, yeah, I think he called the revolution. But uh, yeah, great yeah. technical uh, applications there that make tuning a dream. Yeah. So so that that helps. You, you tend to not overshoot whenever you have a bow that's grooving good all right i know that i could work on my mental game but yeah i think that's sort of struggle in the barebow side of things are though larry is because you're so because you don't have the ability to be so precise you right. know you can get pretty damn close but it's mm -hmm. there's it's, there's more on the shooter side than there is on the equipment side in in the barebow world yeah. when it comes right. to that so yeah. you know and so, then on the Olympic recurve world, it's it's a little kind of like a you know it's a healthy medium between the two, but yeah. So um, if so, if we're working on on head position for thirty days, then in the second half, the last two weeks of that, uh, you would be spending some time in your practice sessions shooting a score on some target size that you've established from a specific distance. So this would be 
doesn't have to be a standardized round. It can be your own standard rounds. But you want to keep score so that you can monitor your progress or lack thereof. So, uh, you know, maybe it's a white dot, a three inch white dot or four inch white dot from 20 yards. You know, shooting bare bow, that would be a good standard. And you shoot 30 arrows and record your hits. And then you do that three days later, record the hits. And maybe two days after that, record the hits. And you're charting your progress. You need a report card at this point. So that has to be part of your practice routine. Uh, other days in between those scoring rounds, you can do other interesting things with your shooting. You know, set up uh, a target at 15 yards, shoot a few arrows, move back to 20, shoot a few arrows, move back to 25, shoot two, three arrows. You know, I, I like to do that in my field shooting when I can get outside. Yeah, shoot one arrow from 15 and then every five yards moving back. Um, that's interesting, challenging. So you mix in different challenges into your practice session. But, uh, you know, every couple of days, though, you need to get back to that standardized round thing. Yeah. Um. I'm just putting in the chat real quick. We have about nine minutes left. If anybody has questions or wants to turn their video on and ask a question, um, by all means do that um, here in the next minute or so as yeah. we sort of get ready to, to close things up. And this will be available to watch in our uh, Facebook group, the uh, International Archery Institute. Yeah. So we'll be posting that in there. Pim, uh, Klaus, do you have any, you have any questions or comments? Since you have your video on, no, not at the moment. I think I think I'm good covered. Uh, it makes a lot of sense what you're talking about, and um, one one for me is, is, is <clears throat> especially to don't overshoot. I have a tendency to do that all the time at the moment. So, yeah. So, I recommend people uh, finish at the blank veil and working on that objective you had for your practice session and. To avoid overshooting, you finish with 10 shots, blank bail. And that's an absolute maximum. Yeah. And if the third one, by chance, feels really good to you, you think you did a really good job on that one, quit. Walk away. If you finish get the fifth one and you can't get one to feel good, quit. Pat yourself on the back and tell yourself, okay, it ain't happening today, but I'm going to be smart and put the bow away because it'll feel better tomorrow. Or if tomorrow's a rest day, you know, it'll feel good in two days. Because it's not going to feel good every day, particularly at the beginning of, of your 30 day learning period when you're just doing blank bail. And don't, and again, do not, um, don't base the value of your session on, on your score, because you have to understand that you are, 
if you're shooting high volume in the beginning of a 30 day cycle or whatever your cycle is after that first week or during that first week of high volume, your scores are not going to be personal best. It's not going to happen. If it does great, probably slim chance to none that it will. And maybe even the beginning of the week, when you do your first say 25% cut of the total volume or whatever it is, that might happen again. You have to be careful that you have to understand that your expectations are score killers. That's what I tell people all the time. Don't have an expectation, have a plan. That's, that's it. And then when, when you shoot, you stick to that plan, no matter what the result is down on the paper, because that's not important. And, and then concentrate solely on, on putting, implementing the plan. MJ, you have your camera on. Welcome. <laughs> yes, I do. I, and I, I really enjoy the, the conversation. That's really cool. And, and just a, as a side note, for the head position thing, for those that are uh, and will work with uh, challenged athletes, the head position thing is a, an arbitrary item. In other words, most of folks that are going to shoot from a chair, those that are going to shoot supported, those that are going to shoot that have CP or other neurological, their right. head will not stay still. Right. And, it, and it's, it, repetition is dependent upon something else, something else as a guide. Mm -hmm. And you can use this, this nose button thing or just tie a knock the locator or a kisser mm -hmm. or whatever as an aid to do that. But just be aware that uh, in an ideal, and, <laughs> and there's no doubt that the the, the great the gray face that I'm looking at here that almost looks like a brother. However, <laughs> just he, he lost part of his <laughs> shine. Uh, but the reality is that we all all shake to some degree. But when, when you work with a, a, a challenged athlete, just be aware. Oh yeah. Uh, don't try to fit them into your ideal. Hence the, the term challenge. See, most of us that have decent That's physical skills can get the head physically still, but the mind inside is turning. <laughs> That's, That's what, right. Yeah. That's our challenge. Yeah. So MJ, what you're saying though, is that yeah. when you're work yeah. when you're working with an adaptive athlete, the standard or the idea of trying not to move your head doesn't necessarily apply because of physical um, right. changes, adaptations. It, it, but if you can find a repeatable way to find anchor, then you need to run with that as, be as best you can. Is that what you're saying? And that's a course that MJ's going to be. Right. Yeah. You uh, and so we adapt to find skill to find ability yeah because they have ability that's correct so and now there's you a question. An adaptation it, okay. and it's it go ahead go, go ahead, ahead. Uh, i was gonna say the there's a question from from merrick uh, and, and it says i have the habit so i, I and merrick i'm assuming i don't are you i think you messaged me are you a barebow shooter because um, it does have, there's a difference there, but it says, so the subject of head till I have a habit of leaning my forehead forward against the string to make sure 
I am in the same position for each shot. Is this something that uh, I shouldn't be doing? Um, I'm going to say, I'll, actually, Larry, why don't you address the compound? I'll talk about bare bow and then we can okay, talk on the about compound the side. Um, we need to load our back properly. That is the most important thing that we do. And using that loaded back, we're able to uh, cause some sort of action to make the release aid function. Okay. Yeah. And then, That's the most important thing. Yeah. And on the barebow side. Nose, yeah. Tipping the nose down. Yeah. I would not, I would not want to do that. I would. Affects back muscles. And you end up doing that with short compound bows. And that becomes a detriment instead of an aid. Absolutely. So careful under short compound bows. Long, you know, recurve bows and what you shoot for bare bow, you know, they're 60, 70 inches long and the string comes back to the nose, depending on your face shape and nose shape. Right. Yeah. I, I didn't get a comment or a response asking what Merrick shoots, but if, if you're shooting bare bow, um, the, the idea of the contact with the face, I mean, you're if you are excessively moving your head, you have to repeat moving your head every time. For me personally, and for what I teach, I try not to move my head at all. Mm -hmm. I go with a deeper hook, a deeper hook than what um, necessarily Coach Lee recommends from an Olympic recurve standpoint. The reason I go with that hook is because I'm not shooting as heavy of a weight as your standard Olympic recurve shooter that's high 40s into the 50s. I'm not shooting that weight, number one. Number two, it helps me with target panic because I have more control. I still have the proper hand position and a deeper hook enables me to not worry about hitting my nose. So because I have that deeper hook, it brings that string out a little bit and I don't have to hit my nose. I personally rely on my head not moving as part of my anchor. It's part of the repeatability of my shot. So when I do draw back, and I come back and I load to just below my chin and I elevate it up into my anchor, my, this whole thing fits up and in my head. My head is stronger and more repeatable for me to not move my head than for me to have to move my head the same every time. So I don't want to move it. I'm not, I'm doing everything in my power to make it as minimal as possible. It changes your tune. You have to tune for your head position. Your head position does affect where you're hitting left and right. And it also affects your string blur in Olympic recurve, because when we load an anchor underneath our chin, that string is closer to in front of our eye and we can put the string blur inside the housing of the, of our, of our site or somewhere between the riser and, and, and our pin In barebow, it is a lot of people will shoot with a forward anchor anchor like John Dillinger does. He draws back and he anchors forward which puts the string closer over so he's monitors his string blur a little bit more demmer does it similar to that way as well for me my string blur is way out to the right middle of my plunger to the end of the plunger i can still tune for that i can still tune right down the middle for that that now that's i'm talking 50 meter game and 18 meter game i'm not talking field archery field archery you start you have to understand that if i'm if if that's that far out my left and right is going to change when i get out to 80 yards 60 yards having to shoot multiple distances it's going to change a little bit but 
Um, if you're shooting barebow in an Olympic recurve, my from what I teach and from my experience is I try not to move my head at all. I want my chin is parallel to the floor, and when I when I hit load and I come up underneath and I transfer, nothing is moving. Nothing's moving at all. Yeah, it works. I, you know, that's what we coach to uh, in a perfect world. But as MJ said, uh, depending on face shape, nose shape, jaw shape, all of that, and depending on what challenges you face, uh, we have to make adaptations. Uh, if you yeah. watch that, just as as a, a example, if you look at Matt Stutzman, his peep sight is that far out in front of, and there's absolutely nothing touching oh, yes. on the, the string uh, at all. I mean, it's four inches at a minimum right. out in front yeah. of his face. Proof that yeah. it works. Hey, Larry, I have to bounce, but if you guys want to continue yep. this conversation, you absolutely are welcome to. I have to go get COVID shot number two. Um, but well, you guys can continue the conversation, do what you got to do. Larry, you're an admin, so, or you're a host. So, um, okay. For, no, wait. Wow. Now you're a host. For, Frank's living on the edge, making me a host. Wow. Tell me about it. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, MJ, Klaus, nice seeing you guys. I have to, I have to go. See it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the topic today was practice sessions and, uh, you know, we start blank bail, make sure you have an objective, uh, before you start, uh, try to incorporate some scoring, uh, periodically in the middle and then finish blank bail and, you know, do that 10 maximum shot thing. And, uh, that get, keeps you from shooting too much. Uh, another little tip, don't have a lot of arrows in your quiver when you're shooting outside. Uh, I invariably had a dozen and a half in my quiver and you know you get frustrated trying to get the bow tuned and you end up shooting every arrow in your quiver. And then, and then you go get them and then you do that again. And you know three days of that and you're worn out. And then it's time to go to the tournament. So, yeah, I, I did a lot of that. Yeah, things you learn. So now we have coaches to tell us how to do it right <laughs> or better. Anyhow, does anybody have more questions? Is there anything? Uh, okay. Any more questions? Any topics? Anybody? Uh, MJ, I'm going to work on an outline for that course. Uh, I did one this morning and sent it to Linda for the class she and I will be doing. And uh, so I'll work on yours and ship it out. We pretty much discussed what it is. I just have to type it up. Okay. Uh, All right. That'll work. I and then think about uh, scheduling for that. Yeah, for everybody on online here, uh, that's a course for adaptive archery, a basic adaptive archery course, uh, mostly for coaches, but for athletes too. So, 
Yeah, we'll, Anything... include, we'll include some videos and some equipment and uh, with some pieces and parts that are out there uh, just to give uh, just some ideas to those that uh, are already have their own stuff as far as adaptations and maybe just uh, add some uh, some more fuel uh, figuring things yeah. out bend a piece of metal this way or or uh, yeah. create a cord one way or the other yeah yeah uh, yeah you might want to make a list of uh, additional right. equipment right there yeah right there yeah like like a steel trap I've heard it before <laughs> <laughs> right, right there buddy <laughs> yeah well we we need it typed <laughs> a digital record <laughs> any any other questions anybody have anything for the offering well good um, hey, hey Larry. i had a quick question this is ben uh yeah. i signed in part way through this and had another meeting because i'm working now currently right. as well and I was wondering if there was a way to access this recording or I know, I think there was one last week that you did as well. And I'd be interested in viewing that if it's online. Frank said right. he was gonna uh, post this one on the yeah. IAI page. Yeah, Frank recorded it. So uh, I don't know how to access those myself since okay. he's the high tech guy, but <laughs> yes, he's posting it up uh, through our zoom account whatever it's stored on the cloud so okay. I'm, I'm guessing access through iai uh, cool website. i'll tag up with frank later then thank you yeah that that'd be good yeah we want to try to do this in, in some kind of a regular basis have a little forum once a week and see who can join in but record it and put it up for people Cool. Well, I appreciate you guys doing this. It's helpful and it's good to, to talk with people and have other things, especially with COVID and other restrictions yeah. or not having the knowledge sometimes in your local area as much. Yeah, that, that's why we got our heads together 10 months ago and started <laughs> brainstorming all of this. Uh, yep. Brain being singular by combining, you know, three heads, we came up with a brain. Yep. Okay, so we're getting things done. We've taught five or six courses so far and uh i'm planning out two more to come up in march and mj is going to look at a schedule for when he can do that adaptive archery course so excellent have a great week guys good to see y'all yep thank you have a good day thank you yep. see ya bye-bye bye, -bye. bye.